Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with This Guy. It's episode 173. Can you believe it? Hey, um, just want to thank you all for all the support, all the listens. Um, if you are learning English with this podcast and you're loving it, you mind uh, giving me a rating? It would help others find the podcast. And this podcast today is about a little help with the U.S. citizenship test. As I say in the main part of the episode, I didn't think a war like the Mexican-American War would show up on this test, but it actually does a couple times because I've taken some practice tests and guess what? Mexican-American War is there. So it's a little over 10 minutes and it should give you all the information you need to know if you are going to take that test. If you are just looking to improve your English, well, it's going to help as well because for the whole episode, I speak in slow, clear English. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to another lesson I'm Brent. This is American English with this guy. And today we'll be covering the Mexican-American War. And when I think of major American wars, I don't think of this one. I think of the Civil War. I think of World War One and World War II and, and Vietnam. So normally I wouldn't cover this. But as I'm preparing a lesson on help with the United States citizenship test, there's always a question that pops up about the Mexican-American War. So I figured let's cover this on the channel. It probably won't interest a lot of people, but if you're a history buff, that's what we say in English for someone who really likes history. If you're studying English, because I still will be reading along with an article in slow English, hopefully clear English. And if you're studying for the U.S. citizenship test, this will also be helpful. So three things, hopefully this will um, you know, be useful to some people. On my other channel, American English Guy 2, there's a more in-depth lesson about some of the vocabulary we'll be talking about today. So you can check that out if you want to go a little deeper into this subject. Go uh, what we call a deep dive into the Mexican-American War. It's an interesting war. I am a history buff. So this is interesting to me because a lot of the generals that will be fighting in this war will be major generals in the Civil War, which is just like 10 years after this war ends, about 12 years. So I will be reading from a Wikipedia article, a simple English one, so hopefully, you know, if you're learning English, it'll be at about your level. But the good thing is I'll be reading it. So you just 
have to follow along with it. So the Mexican-American War. The United States has been in a lot of wars. Maybe you know this, but we also have the Spanish-American War. So I hope I don't call this war the Spanish-American War ever because it is a war between the United States and Mexico. But around 1900, the U.S. will get into a war with Spain too. So, so many wars. It can be kind of confusing. Before we start with this, I should probably put my glasses on and let you know that right here with the, the contents, we'll be talking about the causes. So what led up to this war happening? What was the cause? The actual war itself? And then the aftermath, like how this affected what came after Mexican-American War. Right here, the Mexican-American War took place between 1846 and 1848 between the United States and Mexico. Causes. What caused this thing? When Mexico got independence from Spain in 1821, Texas was part of Mexico. Americans and other settlers came into Texas when Mexico allowed non-Spanish settlers to settle there. So that last part, settlers, it's just someone who's moving to a new place. We will use that word a lot when we talk about a piece of land, usually a big piece of land that hasn't had people living in it before, at least not a lot of people. There may have been some indigenous people before. There probably was, but a lot of times, When we talk about settlers, they're usually moving from the eastern part of the United States a long time ago to the western part. After many settlers came to Texas, disputes or arguments led to the Texas Revolution in 1836. And if you don't know what that is, look, it it tells us right here when Texas became independent. So then you have Texas fighting against Mexico, and for a brief period of time in American history, Texas was its own country. One of the few, maybe the only state that can say that, that Texas was its own country. Um, I want to talk a little bit about independence, that word, and it just means like gaining freedom. So some teenagers may want to gain independence from their parents. And this sentence I have here, you can practice your shadowing if you would like. You can pause this video and repeat after me. So now I'm going to read the sentence for you. Every year, the United States celebrates Independence Day on July 4th. And that is uh, when we, the United States, gained our independence from England. The next one here, we talked about disputes or arguments. Rachel often has disputes or arguments with her little brother. They never get along. I just had to clear my throat. I felt like you didn't need to hear that, though. Let's get back to the article. And we're in the third paragraph here. Nope, we're in the second paragraph here. Well, we didn't quite finish it, did we? 
After many settlers came to Texas, we did read this already, disputes led to the Texas Revolution in 1836 when Texas became independent. Mexico refused to recognize the Republic of Texas as an independent country. Texas soon asked to join the United States. So Texas felt like it couldn't defend itself from Mexico very well. So Texas said, hey, United States, can we get a little help here? I want to talk a little bit about uh, recognize as well. So recognize, it means to, you, you saw something before and then you see it again and something goes on in your brain. You're like, oh, I remember that. I recognize it. But when we talk about recognize, it usually means seeing something. And here's the example sentence. It had been years since I've seen my friend. I didn't even recognize her. So if you are older like me and you graduated high school a long time ago, maybe you see those friends you haven't seen in a while. You might not recognize them because there have been so many changes happening, like uh, people losing their hair or getting a little bit more wrinkly. All right, third paragraph now. We read that second paragraph, parts of it twice. The United States moved quickly to Annex. I have a sentence for that. Annex, Texas, after the 1844 election of James K. Polk. In his campaign, Polk had called for the re-annexation of Texas and the reoccupation of the Oregon Territory. Polk also wanted California and the rest of what is now the southwestern United States. So we're just talking about uh, the Mexican-American War. If anybody wants to see videos on like the Oregon Territory, or I actually have a video on California, so you could check that out. I'll leave a link to it in the description below. But there is a lot of American history that we won't go into today because this is only about the Mexican-American War. But that president, James K. Polk, he only served for four years, but he is one president known for gaining a lot of land or territory for the United States in those four short years. Um, Before we do that, let's talk about annex. Annex. When you see that word, it's not all that common, but when it comes to history, you will hear that talked about where a piece of land was basically taken over or claimed by another country. So you can also hear it with an extra part of a building as well. And that's what my example sentence has to do with. An annex can be an extra part of a building or an addition to a country. So the U.S. basically annexed Texas, saying, um, you're part of us now, okay? And it seemed like Texas was, was pretty cool with that. All right, down here, fourth paragraph. I'll move it all the way to the top. In 1845, the U.S. annexed Texas. However, Mexico... Did I read this again already? Why does this sound familiar? No, I don't think we did. In 1845, the United States annexed Texas. However, 
Mexico still did not recognize its independence or recognize the annexation. The U.S. offered to buy from Mexico the land extending from Texas to the Pacific Ocean, but Mexico wanted to keep the vast area. I don't know if this was written by an American, but the United States does this. I don't like the way that's uh, highlighting. The United States does this sometimes. It's like, hey, we'll, we'll buy this from you, and it's probably not a great price. And so Mexico was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Well, guess what's going to happen? Well, if you won't sell it to us, then we'll just invade you and, and start a war. So eh, not all of our uh, history is perfect here in the United States. Here's another example sentence. Many people came out to see the president during her reelection campaign. So quite a few words in there that could be difficult for an English learner came out that phrasal verb. It just means, you know, to go to a place. Um, and you could, you could come out of your house. Maybe you hear a noise outside and then you come out, you come out of your house to figure out what that noise is. Re-election campaign. Because of that prefix re, we know this president was elected once and then they're trying to get re-elected. So they're trying to get back into office. If you know anything about recent American politics, we had a president. His name is President Trump. He did not get reelected. He lost to a guy who's our president now as I'm filming this lesson. His name is Joe Biden. And here's another example sentence about James K. Polk. James K. Polk only served one term as president. He was the 11th president from 1845 to 1849. All right, back to the article. Hopefully I won't read this paragraph again, but even if I do rereading again, re rereading is a good thing right at the top here in 1846, a dispute. So another argument over the border between Texas and Mexico resulted in armed conflict. So there were weapons involved, armed guns. The Mexican-American War began. After offering to buy the territory, Polk moved U.S. troops into a place that Mexico said was not in Texas, but in the Mexican state of Chocolula. I apologize to anybody who speaks Spanish. Remember, I'm an English teacher. My Spanish is non-existent. It does not exist. The Mexican army attacked them. So it, it has been said that the U.S. really tried to get Mexico into this war. They knew they were going to win. They wanted that territory of Texas. Mexico wouldn't sell it to them, so they, they took it. Next page here. The main cause of the war was the westward expansion of the United States. In the 19th century, remember that's the 1800s. In the 19th century, Americans believed it was their right to expand westward 
They believe they could take over the people already living on land and have it for the United States. Southerners wanted to have more slave states. And we definitely won't get into that in this lesson. If you would like to see a lesson on slavery, it's a big, complicated topic, but we could do it in slow English if that's something you're interested in. But yeah, so in the 1840s, the American Civil War will happen in the 1860s. So this is about, like I said, 12 years before the Civil War, which will erupt mostly over slavery. And at this point, the Southern states are trying to gain more slave states so they will have power in the federal government in Washington, D.C. It's a little complicated. We'll stick to the Mexican-American War, but I just wanted you to know that was going on. Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana became president again. So he was the president of Mexico at the time. Many Mexicans hated him and did not want to follow him into war. Many Americans, including the young Abraham Lincoln, also disliked the war since they were, sorry, since they thought that it was to expand slavery. All right, I'm just looking at this war part and I'm looking... This has been 15 minutes already. That is a lot of English. I don't know if you, excuse me. I don't know if you will be able to uh, stick with it this long. 15 minutes. If you're studying English, it might be a lot. So let's just talk about the war here. There was a war. People died. People fought. The U.S. won and took Texas. Okay. Let's move on to the aftermath then. The U.S. won the war and Mexico signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo in 1848, which gave the U.S. the area that would become the states of, listen to all this territory here, Arizona, California, New Mexico, Nevada, Utah, and southwestern Colorado. And let me just make this a little bigger for you. And... Southwestern Wyoming, Mexico received $15 million and gave up its claims to Texas. So in the end, you know, Mexico received some money for this, probably not enough. The slavery debate in the United States became more intense with the addition of the new territory and the question of whether slavery would be legal in the new territories. Also, many of the officers who would lead troops in the American Civil War fought in the Mexican-American War would use their experiences. Yeah, I think there's a typo there. That's not me. There's a typo there. Nevada and California became part of the United States with the signing of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Before then, Nevada was part of Alta California, which is now California, Baja California, Utah, and about a quarter of Colorado parts of Arizona, Wyoming, and New Mexico. The act of Congress establishing California as the 31st state was part of the Compromise of 1850. Some of you might know that uh, I live in the state of Maine. There were a lot of compromises before the Civil War, and a compromise 
is when you get with another person or another group of people and you try to come to an agreement. So the state of Maine became a free state in 1820 when there another state, Missouri, came in as a as a slave state. So Maine is a state because of a different compromise. We call that the compromise of 1820. If you're looking for more English lessons like this, I have another one on California that can really help you with your English.